episode 64 of the Epitrop podcast which you can find once or twice a week on all good podcast services and some terrible ones as well you're joined as always by myself the host the man with no moniker dave ward and alongside me the man from the northern emerald isle <laughs> ken fox how you doing oh ken? dave <laughs> yeah shortly yeah uh, what he's referring to is i recently just today found out that gonna be working in belfast so uh yeah, I was up there on Wednesday or on Tuesday for the interview, so sussed it out, I suppose. And uh, yeah, so I should be heading up there shortly. So yeah, It'd be good. Up in the north, up in the north, so I gotta get the accent, you know. Yeah. From Belfast, you gotta speak English now. That's the that's the rule. They <laughs> <laughs> they hardly speak English up there. Like, <laughs> just listen to someone and be like, Jesus, you know. Yeah. Someone can be when you speak quite fast. It's like what. Just say but, top, uh, just say to them top of the morning to you, and now. What are you saying? What? What was that? I have no clue what you're saying, mate. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, you good? <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, it's been. It was Baltic today. Absolutely freezing. Uh, I I usually get good with some in my room, but I was downstairs and uh, like literally, the play, I had to turn the heat straight away. It was just freezing. So yeah, it's just been really cold. And kind of shit weather, like it was raining the last couple of days, really bad. You know, yellow warning, I believe, is what we got. Rain warning. Yeah, so, we, um, we've had like gale force yeah. winds yesterday. Yeah. And today. Um, I think I saw on Sky Sports News, uh, Sky Sports News uh, Carlisle United, their pitch was kind of like not completely flooded, but a lot of it was flooded. So some areas seem to have got affected. Yeah, we've not had too much rain, but you saw my picture this morning with the um, trampoline in the garden that's that was turned on its side. So that's so kind of winds, gales, yeah, 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 windy, that was. kind of stuff. Yeah, I suppose just that's what we're getting now. The winter weather. No surprise. All right, let's crack on, shall we? With the news, yeah. I'll um, I'll kick us off this week because there's very, very, very minimal news um, okay. in the comic book space. In fact, there's two pieces of news, and they're both comic book movie related. I think I saw them. So yeah, go ahead. And I've got a third, but that's that's just a rumor at this point. But we'll kind of just hey, discuss we, it slightly. We humor that, you know. It doesn't exactly. Wrong with that. So the first piece of news, and I'm actually quite psyched about this one. Um, Jude Law is in talks to join Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. Um, yeah. So Variety reports that Law would play the male lead in the movie, opposite Brie Larson's titular character, Captain Marvel. Which is reportedly Doctor Walter Lawson, aka Marvel, Captain Marvel's mentor. Uh, Law also recently joined the Fantastic Beast sequel, uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald, as young Albus Dumbledore. Uh, Rogue One's Ben Mendelsohn is reportedly up for the main villain role in Captain Marvel, which is rumored to be the leader of the Scrolls. Um, Captain Marvel opens in theaters on March the eighth, twenty nineteen, and will be directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck with the most recent draft of the screenplay being written by Geneva Robertson Dwarit. So interesting. Yeah, interesting choice, I think. Mm, I'm a fan of Jude Law. I yeah, like he's a good actor. Yeah, good actor. Seems like a, a decent fella. Um, yeah, could, yeah. Be, uh, could be a good interesting. one. What's, like, so he, would he be playing actually Captain Marvel himself? No, so he, it's called, his character would be Marvel, so it's M-A-R hyphen V-E-L-L. Okay, and who who would that be? It's um so, Doctor Walter Lawson, yeah. Captain Marvel's mentor. 
Okay. I don't know much about the character, so I can't really tell. Oh, so is. he played the mentor then, Jude Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then who, Brie Larson, who, who is she? So Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. Oh, so, so is Captain Marvel a woman? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. We didn't know that. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, so he'd be the mentor. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, interesting you're, cast, you're, I think. You're not thinking of Shazam, are you? Because no. Sh- Shazam is DC, and Shazam was originally called Captain Marvel. Okay. But Captain Marvel is actually a Marvel character. Yeah, yeah. Woman. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's that one piece. Um, mm. Second. Uh, the Masters of Sex alum Lizzie Kaplan is joining the X-Men spin-off movie Gambit. Um, Variety reports that Kaplan is in talks to star opposite Channing Tatum as the female lead in the film in an unspecified role. Some of her credits include Cloverfield, Allied and Now You See Me Too. Uh, Gambit is set to hit theatres on February 14th, 2019. Production um, was initially due to start... Um, but was delayed due to rewrites until late 2016, with Fox having removed the movie from the studio's release list in early 2016. Um, the movie is going to follow Tatum as Gambit, also known as Remy LeBeau. Uh, he's a mutant who has the power to charge objects with kinetic energy, with his most notable weapon being playing cards. Uh, it's directed by Gore Verbinski, of Pirates of the Caribbean fame. <laughs> So, yeah, sounds pretty interesting. Obviously, female lead, but yet unspecified role. Exactly. Uh, is there in you know as a character? Is there like someone in Gambit's world that would make sense that she plays? Is there? Is do you have anyone in mind you think well, that she might play? I'm not. Again, I'm not kind of <clears throat> up on the Marvel comic side as much, but yeah. I know from the um, like the X Men cartoon in the '90s that Gambit always had a thing for Rogue. Um, okay. Who was obviously played by yeah. Anna, Anna Paquin in the um, X Men movies? So mm-hmm. potentially, could I guess if potentially if they want to recast? But I'm guessing it will be kind of someone from his comic background, or I don't know, yeah. potentially another mutant. Maybe I. Don't know. We'll see. Okay. Um, and then the final piece, which is as yet still a rumor, um, is that uh, Josh Whedon will no longer be directing Batgirl. Mm, um, that, I think. Now there was um, a report that's kind of gone out saying that he won't be working on Batgirl anymore due to the kind of reports over the summer from his wife in terms of his infidelity. Um, and whatnot, and the, the rumor is that Warner Brothers kind of want to um, distance themselves from from that kind of thing, especially considering obviously it's a, a female character and stuff. Um, a li- little bit torn on this one personally. Um, mm. I think kind of with with all this stuff happening at the moment, like around like the harassment and the assault and stuff. I think it's completely fine to kind of remove those people because they're scumbags and they shouldn't be involved. Is he necessarily a nice guy because he cheated on his wife loads? No. Does that mean that he shouldn't be in charge of the film? Like, I wouldn't necessarily say yes. Mm. I, I'd, it's I'd, it's 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 a kind of different because, like, you know, it's one of those things. Cheating, you know, obviously in terms of morals and a lot, you know, it's kind of it's frowned upon, obviously, but it's not essentially like against the law you know what i mean it's when it's obviously a pretty 
you know, tumultuous thing for the person who is getting cheated on. But it's not it's not the same as like you're, you know, you're harassing someone or that kind of thing. I know, obviously, again, it's a whole negative publicity, that type of thing. And they want to distance, distance themselves from that. Yeah, yeah, but I completely, it, I I completely get different. why they're doing it, like for for their yeah. kind of purpose. But at the end of the day, I think the guy's still kind of been able to write kick-ass like female characters, and just because he might not be the best husband in the world, yeah, um, I don't really think that should kind of affect his career. I'm assuming there's probably loads of people in Hollywood that are a bit of an arsehole but that doesn't mean that they're you know. And like, like how many marriages sort of in Hollywood like last that long? They're, they're basically all disasters the most most of the marriages anyway like in hollywood so yeah i I just think there's kind of a a line between you know yeah i I completely understand like kevin spacey absolute scumbag shouldn't work again like because of what he's done Mm -hmm. all josh whedon's done is cheat on his wife and like Mm -hmm. i say that's that's not nice and you know most people wouldn't do it but should that mean that he gets stood down from from the film i don't necessarily think so but um yeah yeah, we'll see if that one kind of gets confirmed. Um, I would, I would assume if it is, it's going to get confirmed. It would happen sooner rather than later, but um, we'll see. Yeah. So that's it from me, Ken. So uh, what you got okay, for us? Okay. Well, uh, a game that uh, kind of can't seem to get out of the headlines at the moment is obviously Battlefront Two. <laughs> so much controversy over it, and. Uh, there was talks about kind of like where in terms of the whole loot crate and microtransactions uh, elements of the game, you know, where do we kind of like draw the line or where, where does it kind of come across in the gaming space in terms of, you know, could you be, could this be seen at, as gambling? So recently, uh, apparently Battlefront 2 loot crates have drawn lawmakers attention in the US and in Belgium as well. So I just thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, so. Start off here. So, uh, lawmakers in the Hawaii state le- legislator and the Belgian government have both indicated a desire to investigate and regulate loot crates and in-game transactions in video game, if not ban the practice outright as illegal gambling. So, in in uh, Hawaii yesterday, um, representatives Chris Lee and Sean Quinlan held a new new news conference that said loot crates as preying on children, naming Star Wars Battlefront Two specifically. The game launched on Friday and the day before publisher EA suspended in-game transactions in light of the controversy surrounding loot crate systems. And following on from that in Belgium, uh, the country's gaming commission last week opened an investigation into loot box, loot box purchases in video games. Now as reported by v- VTM News of Belgium, uh, the nation's minister for justice has signaled he wants to go to the European Union to have action taken against games that employ loot crates and in-game purchases. Uh, loot crates or boxes are not necessarily new, a phenomenon Quinlan said. Uh, he noted that they largely been the province of mobile gaming. But beginning with uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Wars launched in October, loot crates have become a, a top of mind controversy among the gaming public. EA has used them in two recent releases, Battlefront 2 and Need for Speed Payback. And loot crates are also part of Call of Duty World War 2, though real money transactions um, to acquire them were delayed almost three weeks past the game's November 3rd uh, launch. So uh, in terms of news conference, uh, <laughs> now it's moved into the main event, Quinlan said of Luke Crates. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is a AAA title that's being released by the world's largest gaming studio and it has the most popular intellectual property attached to it and it's marketed directly at children. Lee called it uh, a Star Wars themed online casino designed to lure kids into spending money. It's a trap, he added. So yeah, some strong words there for you can actually watch the video of... Uh, 
these uh, Hawaiian uh, representatives talking about it. So it's it's quite interesting. Um, and yeah, it just kind of seems to be a lot of people are really taking notice now. And Battlefront 2 seems to be the one that has really gotten the attention. And obviously the fact that EA had to kind of double down with the, the whole uh, microtransaction in the games and they had to suspend them for now, it's really got a lot of people's attentions. And I think it's good to see actual lawmakers uh you know kind of investigating this and seeing what what impact this kind of stuff can have on gaming and again like we've talked about it before in terms of just as gamers like it's pretty horrible what's happening and you know how it's taking advantage of gamers but we didn't even touch on this type of thing about how you know it's almost in a way exploiting um kids younger gamers you know who don't know don't know any better and feel uh they have to pay whatever is so much money to get this character in the game and you know these loot crates which is again which in, in a way is virtual gambling in that way so yeah i just think it's a very interesting topic at the moment and uh a, a, kind of a first real thing where we've seen where people are trying to step in and you know really investigate this and you kind of see uh you know could it be a uh, class gambling yeah agree i mean obviously we spoke about it not too long ago um in terms of one of our topics i think the the one thing that i think is potentially quite interesting is that um, there's been absolutely zero kind of conversation around this from a mobile gaming like perspective. <laughs> yeah. It seems like everyone's kind of picked up on, yeah. um, obviously, Shadow of War first, and mm-hmm. then Battlefront 2, Battlefront which 2. seems to obviously taken quite a lot of the, the, the brunt of it. Yeah. Um, yet you've got all of these mobile games, like yeah. whether it's Candy Crush, or whether these other games that literally are, like, the more you spend, the better at the game you'll be. Yeah yet they're kind of not in the conversation yet which yeah. i just find quite surprising um don't get me wrong like i think i mean we spoke about this before they're a stupid idea unless it's like the rocket league model of your yeah, skins or whatever the yeah. back to the future car yeah. um which has absolutely zero benefit other than the fact it looks it looks cool yeah um so i mean i fair play to these countries that are starting to kind of crack down on it i think it's long overdue um but I hope that it isn't just kind of the the console developers that get get stung. Yeah. Because I think if you really looked at it, it would be the mobile gaming space where people are being ripped off oh. more than anything. Like, it just seems like really yeah. the focus is on yeah, like, AAA, these games. Yeah. Probably just because it's EA and it's Disney. Yeah. Um, and f- funny, I was watching just this video. It might seem unrelated, but there's this uh, YouTuber called Troy Dan's name. He's like a NBA 2K player. Uh, you know youtuber so he what he did one day he just had a recent video it was like him basically going on the app store and playing like basketball related games and so most of them basically had false advertising they had it they had like a screenshot of 2k as if oh this is the in game you know this is what it looks like and they advertise certain players and then you get into the game and like they have like Brickle Jordan, you know, st- st- like you know, clearly, like you know, like not they didn't have licenses for the for the actual players, so they just had to make up characters, and the graphics looked absolutely nothing like what um what what the screenshots they had, and then you get into the game, and there was like four or five games where he literally like took a couple of shots, and it'd go in, and then then it come up on the screen and say, oh um, if you want to power up, buy these, but you know the usual stuff you see with. Basically, you know, stopping the game and coming up and uh, instructing the player, oh, you must, you need something such to get so many shots, or you have to, you know, refuel, let's say, uh, in the game. And it's just like, 
this they're kind of like they're not even real games they're just like trap games to like get Mm. you to buy shit it's like that's the shit that's on the mobile gaming market at the moment it's literally just it's like ridiculous like nothing else like imagine if that was a a movie it had these amazing pictures of like it was really well shot and you know you could see it was clearly a high uh, budget production and then you put it on you put the DVD in and it's like it's like a indie movie like, or like a so college like film. Your mate, your mate spilled yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It, like that's it's it's basically illegal, and yeah. we're gamers just are putting up with this shit. And as you said, there doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be much to uh, talk about it in the mobile gaming space. And that's where all these terrible business practices are coming from. And that's you know the free to play model and play to win model where they say oh the game's free but you, then of course they wanted to buy these certain gems or whatever the hell to recharge so yeah i just think it's i completely agree with you there's so much stuff that isn't talked about in the mobile gaming space and as i said it's there's these absolute trash nothing games that are just like almost in a way like kind of slot machines or something you know just a way to try and con gamers essentially so it's yeah it's ridiculous So anyway, that's uh, <laughs> that's Battlefront Two controversy uh, still rolling on, and then to kind of follow follow on from that, uh, in terms of kind of a developer that does have a lot of respect, uh, CD Projekt Red kind of had the, a bit of their say on the whole you know microtransaction thing. So apparently, Cyberpunk uh, Cyberpunk twenty seven twenty seventy seven, uh, the devs respond to games as a service speculation with an amazing tweet. Well, that's what the article said. So, uh, The Witcher developer CD Projekt Red's upcoming RPG Cyberpunk uh, 2027 is one of the most anticipated games across the entire industry. Given the new trends uh, towards the games as a service model, some are wondering if the Polish studio's new game will follow suit. Uh, This remains to be seen, but now CD Projekt Red has told fans not to worry, as Cyberpunk will offer honest gaming instead of something slimy. In response to uh, this pretty good gaming video on which the host speculate on whether or not uh, Cyberpunk 2077 may use a game as a service model. CG Project Red released uh, probably one of the strongest video game tweets of the year. They said, Worry not, when thinking uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, think nothing less than The Witcher 3, huge single-player open-world and story-driven RPG. Uh, no hidden catch, you get what you pay for it, no bullshit. Uh, just honest gaming like Wild Hunt, we leave free to others. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think Shot, that, shots fired. Yeah, that's a pretty strong statement from CD Projekt Red, and we know kind of how they are in general and kind of how I, I was just kind of thinking about it. The way they see it is almost they don't see uh, us as consumers first; they see us as gamers first, then consumers. Whereas EA and the others see us as consumers basically first off, and then uh, you know they they'll if if we'll give them a bit of game and then they'll have to pay for the rest you know after already spending 60 you know 60 euro on it whatever it is so um yeah i just think uh for for reduce to see about red you know um kind of showing where their priority are priorities are and where you know what they value so fair play to to them for you know saying you know they're, they're not folding under this pressure of uh you know developers and the play the win type model they're sticking to their guns which is fantastic to see and we need more yeah. developers like that who and another thing as well about CD Projekt Red is they actually publish their own games as well which is a huge thing so they don't really have that outside influence of you know oh maybe you should you know make progression harder so you can you know uh, <laughs> get people to buy for loot crates and all that crap so um, yeah that's that's another advantage for them so they don't have to you know bow to the pressure so fair news to them <laughs> 
Fair play to him, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, finally, uh, last bit of game news is pretty good news. Um, we haven't heard, a, I suppose, a release in a while, you know, kind of a new game. So, uh, Valkyrie Chronicles 4 has been announced for PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. So, the next uh, Valkyrie Chronicles game has been announced. Valkyrie, Valkyrie Chronicles 4 is due out in spring 2018 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Publishers say get announced today. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4 is set in the same timeline as the previous games, taking place in 1935 in the midst of a World War II inspired battle between the Atlantic Federation and the autocratic Eastern Imperial Alliance. And it then statement about the game Although the Federation struggles valiantly against the Empire's forces, the relentless Imperial military machine threatens to consume them, reads a line from their press release. With victory slipping away, the Federation executes Operation Northern Cross, a last ditch attempt to capture the Imperial capital and end the war. Uh, Commander Claude Wallace and his loyal childhood friends in Squad E are sent to fight for the, the desperate operation's success. They will have to endure harsh, uh, bone-chilling elements, waves of Imperial soldiers, and the terrifying, terrifying Valkyria, and unravel a grave truth that will shake them to the core. And in terms of the style of the game, Valkyria Chronicles 4 is still a tactical RPG, and the art will look familiar in that uh, Sega describes it's having a vibrant and evocative art style that portrays a living canvas of watercolors. The game also has new char- characters, including young commander Claude Wallace, engineer slash heavy weapons extraordinaire Riley Miller, hot-headed uh, Darskin Raz, ice-cold ace sniper Kay Sh- Shulin, and more. Together, they will experience the painful uh, realities of war. So, um, yeah, I think some very stereotypical characters there. The, the uh, you know, heavy, it's just got to be a heavy weapons guy, the hothead and the, the sniper, you know, the <laughs> sharpshooter, so. Pretty fun. Terrible names. Yeah, Terrible pretty names. awful. But they're fun games. Uh, kind of, I I think I played a bit of one of them, but um, yeah, it's definitely there. I think they are down my alley. Those type of games really tackle RPG, and in just a very it's always it's like a really interesting setting. The whole world, you know, World War Two type thing, and pairing that with a tactical RPG game, pretty interesting. So yeah, mm. another Valkyria Chronicles game, and then on to the movie news here. So the first new footage has been released for a Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, so Jurassic World director and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom writer and producer Colin Trevorrow has unveiled the first footage from the highly anticipated Jurassic World sequel on Twitter. Uh, the video is just six seconds long, but includes two of our favorite things. This is from the article, Chris Pat and a, an adorable baby dinosaur. And then uh, Trevorrow captioned the tweet from our Jurassic family to yours, indicating that the sneak peek is to mark. Thanksgiving. So due out in cinemas in June 2018, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom sees return of Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard in the leading roles, while Jeff Goldblum will prize his original role as Dr. Ian Malcolm and uh, J. Abiona as Monster Carl's Impossible uh, directs the movie. So uh, Jeff Goldblum is happy to uh, be back in Jurassic World, you know? I love Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do the fact well. he just plays himself in every <laughs> single film. Well, yeah. What else and am I, I going to do? I love him in yeah. Friends as well. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. <laughs> he's brilliant in everything, basically. Independence Day, he's like hilarious in that. Kind of unintentionally hilarious in that, in a way. But uh, I, st- I still haven't seen Jurassic World. Ah, it's very disappointing. Really, really disappointing. Just like, you know the way people complain about the whole, uh, you know, how, you know, women are portrayed in movies a lot and that kind of thing, and, you know, how... So, like, what's the 
I think was it Reese Witherspoon recently had it, she was talking at some conference about you know kind of women to film, and she said it's why it's always the woman who says to the guy like you know safety situation whatever it has to be it's like what are we gonna do you know as if they're always helpless and you know so basically the that's basically what Jurassic World is Chris Pat is the you know the hulking handsome lead and then the the female lead is just you know again. It's it's very it's it was almost like a nineteen fifties movie and that's who kind of she plays you know a very traditional like ladylike character and you know she has very little independence and he's like he comes to save the day that kind of thing so yeah it's right yeah and the characters were absolutely trash and yeah but but hey that's that and then uh, we also got uh, what do we got here um a new trailer. A new teaser trailer, I should say, has also been released for The Incredibles 2. That's good news for some people. Uh, so we've had to wait a few years for the return of director Brad Bird's uh, Pixar-based superheroes. That's The Incredibles. With the director consistently saying that he'd only make another film about the powered-up uh, domestic pack if he found the right story. Now the sequel, Incredibles 2, is on the way next year and the teaser trailer is now in line. It's a true teaser focusing on Incredible Nipper Jack-Jack who we learned in the last film has powers. Here, still un- unable to quite control his various abilities, he creates the logo for the new, new movie before we cut to Dad Bob, played by Craig T. Nelson, discovering his powers. Uh, not much else has been released about the movie, but we do know it'll be set uh, moments after the 2004, 2004 movie ended, and we'll find the family working together, against, uh, together again with Frozone, played by Samuel L. Jackson, to thwart a new villain. Uh, and of course, given that it's Birds and his teams, uh, there will be more to it than The Incredibles 2. Um, and the movie arrived for U- US audiences on 15th of June, uh, before leap- leaping over Tall Billing in the UK on 13th of July. So, month gap there, which is, I suppose, annoying for us, but hey. Pixar standard, it seems. Yeah, yeah, true, true. But yeah, it's pretty interesting, tra- as the described there, the teaser trailers, you know, the kid. Uh, he has like lasers coming out of his eyes, so pretty scary, I'd say, if you're the father of that kid. So uh, I love the first movie, though. Ah, uh, yeah, it's so. very like 2004. It's amazing. like that's so long. It doesn't seem that long. Yeah, it's it's great. It's such an underrated uh, animated movie, I think. Probably. Did you ever play the game? Actually, no, I didn't realize there was one. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty shit, but you know, it's it's decent licensed game. You know, it's nothing special. But P- PS2. Yeah, PS2. Yeah, exactly. The the golden era of licensed games, even there is there is no such thing because they're all pretty yeah. shit. So um, we did a topic on that. Yeah, true. We did indeed. Yeah. So then finally here, just kind of more interesting thing, you know, more uh, ex- extra footage that type of stuff that you often hear. But a movie. So apparently, James Franco recreated thirty uh, minutes of the room for the disaster artist. So uh, James Franco recreated tournaments worth of scenes from Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Uh, that had to be a massive undertaking, but in scenes that we've seen so far, it doesn't look like Franco held back at all in the preparation for Disaster Artist. The movie has been gaining critical praise and early screenings have been overwhelmingly positive. And it's pretty amazing that James Franco has pulled off a movie about one of the best slash worst movies of all time. Uh, in the early screening for Disaster Artist at London's uh, Prince Charles Cinema, better known as the the home of the room, James Franco revealed that there's a lot uh, more shot for uh, shot footage of the room that didn't make it into Disaster Artist, which is mind-boggling. 
Franco and crew must have had to watch Tommy Rizzo's horrible opus more times than they can admit to nail the camera angles and deliver the dialogue just right. Uh, the extra, extra footage will be released uh, on the Disaster Artist DVD slash Blu-ray when it comes out to home video. And the, uh, Jennifer got also revealed that in order to to get the look of Tommy Rizzo down, he had to sit in a makeup chair for hours each morning as a makeup artist applied prosthetics to his face to get the look just right. Dactor also had a pretty sweet wig as well, but when it came down to nailing the voice, which Franco has uncannily done, the actor revealed that he has a secret tape of Rizzo talking to himself that he listened to constantly. Uh, Franco even played a little bit of the tape for the audience in attendance for the early screening of his disaster artist. So, um, yeah, and so the disaster artist stars Dave Franco as Greg Sotero, a struggling actor who can't seem to break out of his shell. Uh, Jane Franco co-stars Tommy Rizzo, another struggling actor who ended... And then when the two meet in San Francisco, um, uh, when Satara lacks, well, lacks in confidence, Wazo compensate for with weird bravado. And together they embark on a journey to Los Angeles where Wazo, a mysterious millionaire with an unknown accent, already owns an apartment to, co- uh, to become movie stars. Finance with his own money, Wazo writes, directs and stars in the room, a terribly bad movie that goes on to become a cult classic. So yeah, you know, some interesting stuff, you know, kind of, Stuff that went on to uh, recreate this bad movie. So yeah, I've not seen the room, but I, I really like the look of the disaster artist from what I've seen so far. It looks... well, you should watch the room first and then watch disaster artist because uh, yeah, yeah. The room, as like I've said before, the room is just like absolutely hilarious. It's just yeah, you know, it's it, it is a cult classic for a reason. But um, yeah, like, and it, it's funny because it's one of those movies that. You know, it's so bad, it's good, but like it, it's very memorable in terms of how bad the lines are. So, I'd say going in, they kind of almost have some kind of indication of they knew the kind of important scenes and the you know the classic scenes as you as you could say. And um, so that then I suppose that'd be kind of thrill for them in a way to be able to recreate that. And you can even see from like the trailers, they 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 kind of nailed it. You know, the get in one getting like getting the bad scenes from you know get, getting the bad scenes right if you know what i mean so mm. so <laughs> it's kind of a different thing you know it's 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 what uh, actors probably aren't used to you know it's they have to be on point all the time but you know you kind of have to act badly which is a different thing for james franco so yeah i just thought it was interesting but the news interesting mm. so that's it for uh movie news that's oh. it uh so on to the releases for this week so i'll get yep, off go ahead again. So for DC this week, we've got Action Comics 992, um, Astro City number 49, uh, Batgirl number 17, The Demon, Hell is Earth number 1, uh, Detective Comics 969, uh, Doomsday Clock number 1, The Flash number 35, Harley Quinn number 32, Imaginary uh, Imaginary Fiends number 1, Suicide Squad number 30, Wonder Woman number 35, for Marvel, we've got All New Wolverine number 27, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number 13, uh, Cable number 151, Invincible Iron Man number 594, Silver Sable and the Wild Pack number 36, Spider-Man Deadpool number 24, Star Wars number 39, Thanos number 13, and X-Men Gold number 16. And then for Dark Horse, we've got Tomb Raider Survivor's Crusade number 1. And for Valiant, we've got Exo Man of War number nine. 
Okay. So, in terms of games, it's very barren week. Uh, I have to say, very little coming out this week. Uh, one game that's kind of interesting is Transcripted, coming to Nintendo Switch, which is originally a PC, PC game. So, it's a mixture of two incredibly addictive and vastly popular casual gaming styles, the Duo 6 shooter and the Match 3 puzzle game. So, that's coming out on Nintendo Switch. So, yeah. Uh, then we also have Axiom Verge, which is apparently coming out on PS4 and PS Vita retail, so as opposed to yeah. digital. So there you go. Random. Uh, yeah, it is. And then this is an interesting one. I think the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, the Battle of the Bulge is a fast-paced turn-based World War II strategy game where precise movement and detailed planning make the difference between a vain attempt and a brave operation. So obviously historical game there. So that's coming out this week. Then we have Monster of the Deep Final Fantasy 15, which I'm assuming is that some DLC or oh no, it's PSVR. No, it's, it's VR. Yeah, it's a fishing Ooh. VR game. Oh yes, you're telling me about this. So the acclaimed the acclaimed fishing feature of Final Fantasy 15 has been revamped and revitalized for PSVR. Join Noctis, Ignis, Prompto, Gladio, and other familiar faces in a picturesque virtual reality backdrop en route to a thrilling encounter with the menace that lurks in the depths. So there you go. You're probably most anticipated game um, of the year, I'd say, Dave, isn't it? Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. it's quite obvious. Um, even more so because the fact I've not got a PSVR headset. Ah, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. No, but I, I thought you were going to go out and get one just for this, right? No. Just for this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to reel one in. Yeah. And then, uh, seeing as we were talking about a licensed game earlier, this looks fucking disastrous. Planet of the Apes Lost Frontier. And the, uh, the image is... Uh, an ape with like a gun like that looking really angry and it looks terrible so Planet of the Apes Last Frontier is a narrative adventure game of conquest betrayal and survival when the faces of a tribe of apes and a band of human survivors yeah it is intertwined but it didn't look like it was spelled right there for a sec two worlds collide as their precarious existence hangs in the balance this just looks disastrous just even from the cover this is the one that was um, developed by Andy Serkis Oh, was it? Yeah. Let's see. Du, du, du. Last... Or by his, his studio. Yeah, his studio. Um, let's see. I just want to see the images, because the images look really bad in my thing. Yeah. Has a 62% of Metacritic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just reading. Isn't bad. No. I don't know, just the, the poster looks like so... Uh, like... Yeah, that's the image up there. Just looks really poorly done. But, yeah. Do, do, do. But yeah, that's coming out. And then we have Rec Room. Another VR game. Rec Room is a vibrant and growing virtual community where you play with friends from all around the world. Create your avatar, then head to the Rec Center for endless fun and games. And that's it. And then, like I always do, it's always kind of interesting to see, because I'm on the PlayStation 1 here, they have the music that's coming out this week, and they have uh, Green Day, Greatest Hits, God's Favourite Band. <laughs> and the image is them with, like, uh, you know, the in a priest clothing with the, you know, the white collar and all that stuff, and they have a CD. That's pretty, that's pretty clever. Yeah, it's actually. pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> God's Favourite Band, yeah. Pretty interesting. And then he has it, uh, build your Armstrong. It's it's a, and like it's a, what do you call this? Hand drawn or whatever. But 
he has like a, a table tennis bat for some reason in his hand. Right. So, <laughs> pretty funny, I think. As you do, yeah. As you do, yeah. So that's it for uh, that's it for the uh, games. So uh, I suppose following on from what was I thought was fairly decent week for movies last week, seems to be on another roll this week. There's some pretty good movies coming out this week. I have to say, you know, I did my research and it looks pretty good. So the first one hit me. Hit me I'll start with the most bizarre yeah. one because I watched the trailer for most of these. It's called Anti Porno. It's a Japanese movie. I'll just I'll just recommend watch the trailer. It's absolutely bonkers. Like, it's just the way it's shot is like really kind of jarring and it's very hard to describe. Very Japanese, but it's like it's just really bizarre and kind of how do you describe it? It's a, it's it's one of those things. It's just very hard to describe and you know kind of say what it is. Very very out there. I'll definitely say that. But right. yeah, check out the trailer. It's pretty interesting. Then a movie that looks looks pretty good. I, I think I'm fairly excited for it. Uh, Battle of the Sexes, which is obviously starring uh, Emma Stone and Steve Carell, which is recreating a famous match that happened between a female tennis player and a male tennis player. Who you know, he said the typical thing, "I can beat any woman." You know, all that kind of stuff. The typical misogynistic comments, that kind of stuff. So looks pretty good. He did though, didn't what? he? He did though, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. He did. Yeah. yeah, in real life, I think he did, yeah. But so, hey, she's just a woman. <laughs> yeah. Joke. <laughs> but anyway, that looks, that looks pretty good. And another interesting movie, uh, kind of watched the trailer for it, reviewed pretty well, Beach Rats, American movie. Uh, it's kind of set in Brooklyn, apparently, about these kind of uh, young guys. Kind of, You know, it's a come-of-age come movie, you know, 20-something movie, but uh, about kind of their exploring their sexuality and that kind of stuff and you know the typical stereotypes and that kind of stuff uh, you know the whole jock persona that kind of thing so it looks pretty interesting it's 15 as well so probably a bit of stuff going on but um, yeah so that's as I said it was reviewed quite well then they have another movie called High Low Joe which is quite interesting well it's I watched the trailer I think it's like an English movie but it started off like really like almost uh, not like a comedy but it's you know kind of a Again, coming of age movie, but it looked like more of like an uplifting kind of movie. And then it gets really dark and really kind of, again, this whole idea about identity. Like you see him dressing up in drag and, you know, his his uh, girlfriend, whatever, is like, you know, what do you want from me and all this? You know, it's clearly has, he's struggling with uh, sexuality and that kind of stuff. So, again, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, trailer looks pretty good. So, some mm. interesting stuff. Yeah. And then we have uh, Jane, also coming out this week. And then uh, a comedy movie called Lost in Paris, which looks pretty funny. They said uh, the trailer said it was like kind of a very old style comedy movie, if not, you know, like Lauren Hardy that type of thing. It's like a comedy version of Taken. Uh, no, it's more like just this woman who has to move to Paris for a job, that kind of thing. And she's an American. She's like, oh, I don't know where to go. I don't speak French. Well, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. And- and then they're like, <laughs> oh, baguette, oh, you American, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Go back to America. Get away. Yeah. All that kind of good stuff. And then if, if I thought the, the first movie was weird, I watched the trailer for this one called Manifesto. I don't know if you heard of it, Dave. I have starring, not. Uh, <laughs> starring Kate Blanchett. Uh, I think it's like, she's like basically the only one in it. But it's, it's, it's very hard to explain. It's like, she plays like multiple different characters and I had to even look at the Wikipedia thing and it's like 
it's split up into like eight or nine different sections like chapter one and she plays all these different characters completely different to one like the kind of one you see at the start of the trailer is her as like a news anchor a very stereotypical like American news anchor then another one she's like kind of this really rough and tumble like seems to be like English uh, woman who like smokes and has tattoos and stuff like that so apparently it's it's like meant to be really experimental and kind of like playing on different cliches and you know parodies and like parodies kind of different uh, stuff and movies that we're used to and that kind of stuff different characters so yeah it's meant to be really interesting and uh, yeah very out there again so again some pretty good stuff yeah, nice. And then, so I'm pretty sure it's a French movie, uh, Marie Curie, The Courage of Knowledge, which is obviously about Marie Curie. And it's, yeah, I believe it's... It, oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. It's in French, because uh, it's a bit of a trailer, so that's coming out as oh, well. Cool. And then we have, uh, I think, is that actually, I'll see now, there's an animated movie called The Star, which if... <laughs> <laughs> I typed in the star and it gave me the daily star. No, god damn it. Um, so, do, do, do. what is it? Do, do. Yeah, Nativity Story. That's what I thought it was about, you know, obviously following right. the star. So, uh, time of year. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. So, it's an anime. So, if you didn't know Nativity, I suppose it's an introduction to that. Uh, <laughs> oh, here's the. Oh, you know the way I like my good. Uh, <laughs> my uh, guardian headlines for movie reviews you know I've said a good few in these some humdingers on, on, on the podcast here we go this is the, the star review an nativity film to put the kids to sleep <laughs> so clearly well, sounds like a winner that, <laughs> yeah, it has two stars so yeah obviously this dude didn't like it so uh, yeah but um, yeah so that's that this week and then finally uh, we have Suburbicon Directed by George Clooney, starring Matt Damon, Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac. Uh, pretty interesting movie. Uh, I, th- I think it's it hasn't reviewed particularly well. It's getting kind of a lot of mixed reviews. It, it's kind of it reminds me a bit of like something. What's the trailer like? The Truman Show or something like that. It's about this whole suburban life, but it's like everything isn't what it seems. You know, there's, there's like this stage element to it, and things get out of hand, and you know. Matt Damon plays his very traditional like 50s father you know oh you know what am am home you know he's good with his kids but really he's doing some dodgy stuff and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's meant to be all over the place apparently that's it hasn't 26% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah exactly so again it hasn't reviewed let's compare that with The Star which has 57% on Rotten Tomatoes there you go so that's a nice comparison there so um, yeah anyway so yeah the reviews haven't been great for it but uh so as George Clooney's films are, it's it's you can see the tone of it is very like Coen Brothers, like definitely that's the kind of way it's going for it. The kind of you know murder mystery type comedy, you know dark comedy type thing as well. So apparently it just didn't uh, didn't quite land for George Clooney for this one. But that's the last one for this week. Last movie, and that's the last thing for episode sixty four. So thanks for joining us. Uh, join us next time when we'll be talking about what we've been doing this week and we'll be getting into a topic about a certain developer news item that's uh, occurred in the past week yeah um, be an interesting discussion interesting yeah. questions yeah. that arise from this situation mm-hmm. um, so thanks very much love you as always see you next week yeah. 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 Yeah.